Now what I'd like to share with you this, this morning, with all of my heart, is what the Word reveals. What the, world, what the Word reveals. Uh, I've got the whole Bible for you now. It runs from Genesis to, ex, uh, to, to, uh, to Revelation. So don't even try for this one today. But it's just simply bringing you a great truth. Because the most important thing in our lives is faith. Faith in God. And you know, once you have faith in God, you then can learn something about being able to have faith in yourselves. A lot of people have a lot of faith in them. But you see, faith in yourself without God is pride. And it isn't any good. Because pride comes before the fall. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only type of faith that has value, the only type of faith that has a resilience and that has a resurrection is faith in God. There are lots of people out there that believe in themselves. And, uh, but faith in God is what gives you the high self-esteem. You see, God's got to be the seat. God's got to be the foundation. God has got to be what you're standing on. You can't stand on yourself. You can't stand on what you would like. You can't stand on what you would like to do or what you wouldn't like to do. You can't stand on that. You must stand on God. He's got to become your foundation. You see, Sister Amy, there are a lot of people out there doing very well without God. So what do you tell your kids? Well, you tell your kids the following, that they look like they're doing very well because both custom and culture take care of a lot of things. Culture takes care of ethics. Culture takes care of good manners. Culture takes care of the way you behave and act. And uh, hey, between culture, ethics, and all the rest, a person may look just perfect, absolutely perfect. But there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You say, well, well what do you mean there's nothing there? If, if, if they behave, uh, that's something. Somebody taught them. Yes, there are patterns, and they can be taught. Because we have something that's so beautiful inside our head. It's called a brain. Some don't use it. Some throw it away. But it's there. Now, if you want to put that brain in God's hands and get a hold of God's word, let me tell you something. You're marching on to a great, great experience. You're marching on to a super experience. And that's why this morning I want you to know what the word of God reveals. And I said it's covers the whole Bible, but uh, you can have specifics. I've been studying in the last month and a half the book of Psalms, and it's come so to life to me, I feel that I could almost sing them, and I don't know how to sing. But uh, one of the truths and one of the, the beauties in the book of Psalms is through David and through the other psalmists, we learn that God cares. We learn that God cares. Isn't it important to have somebody that cares? You know, that's one of the greatest secrets of knowing God. When you don't know God, you have pity parties. When you know God, you thank him for his care. Do you understand what I mean? A, a, a pity party means you feel so sorry for yourself. Oh, it's not going right. Da, 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 da. 
But the word of God says he cares. He cares for you. I used to think that was just Peter. And I love Peter for saying it. But no, that trickles through the book of Psalms. It trickles through the, the book of Proverbs. Uh, it's in the lives of the prophets. It's in the lives of the kings. God cares. Uh, and I'd like to put up a big sign. And maybe we'll do that in the theater. God cares. Uh, because nobody else cares. And we'll tell the world that God cares. And he does. Uh, he cares. And you see it in his love. You see it in his healing. And you see it in his blessings. That's why I tell you this, this little theme of mine, it takes the whole Bible. But it's what I have in my heart for you this morning. Because I'm going to tell you, it's all in the word. What the word reveals, it also reveals his direction. Now what's direction? It's what to do. It's the where, the when, and the timing. That's direction. You know, you could do the right thing at the wrong time, and it's over for you. Have you ever heard a kid say, but mommy, I did what you told me to do. Yeah, but it wasn't when she told you to do it. And it didn't work out. Direction. Oh, it's so important. There's something about God leading you, but God leading you in the right time. You know, so many people throw up at me. Well, the book of Ecclesiastes says that there's a time for this, there's a time for that, there's a time for that. Yet that's very philosophical. And it's a portion of scripture that comes to us from the wisest man that ever lived. And his name was Solomon. But I got to tell you something about his writing then. He was in a very cynical mood. He had turned his back on God for a while. Hey, listen to me. He was hurting and didn't want anybody to know he was hurting. So he let off all of his knowledge. And you say, well, why did the Holy Spirit whip it up and give it to us in the Bible? Ah, because the Bible is the revelation of all truth. And sometimes truth can be a little negative. Did you hear me? Yeah, because everybody thinks truth is totally positive. Now, you know that the essence of truth and the essence of, of truth is Jesus Christ. But even in, the, even in the revelation of Jesus Christ, whoever doesn't believe in him is condemned to death and to hell. Now, that's a negative. It's the confession of the Son of God. So what, what I share with you is the fact that it, it only takes the power of God to let us know what to do and when to do it. He says, Sister Amy, you can't sit in, the, in, the, in your living room and say, I'm, I gotta pay my telephone bill tomorrow. What am I gonna say, Lord, when do I pay the bill? Uh, when, when, when's the money coming? Do I have the money or don't I have the money or what? So, hey, don't play games with God. You don't have the money, pay your bill, you pray. And then start a little journaling and journal everywhere you spent the money. You hear me? Amen. Yeah. Because sometimes you're expecting something from God that God gave to you and you used it for something else. So don't come telling me that God didn't come through. He came through. You blew it. And that's the way it goes. Oh, folks, I love the word of God. And you know why I love the word of God? Because when somebody stands there to tell me that God didn't come through, you know, I, 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 I use the word again. You know what the word says? Let every man be a liar. But God is truthful. Now, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm not calling me a liar. But I'm, that's what the word of God says. So we've got some kind of authority to know. 
And this is why we do play games with God because, you know, we, we, we are, sometimes we become junkie Christians. And what's a junkie Christian? You want everything now. Oh, people come, Lord, now, now, now. And the Lord says, uh, verde, peralo. It's not coming now. You can shake and you can move and you can command it to happen. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Always remember that. Always remember that. There is a situation involved in God's dealings with us. Also, we get from the word not only his care and his direction, but we get his comfort. Comfort in times of tragedy, deaths. God gives us comfort. He gives us comfort in times of trials and tribulations. Okay? I went through about seven or eight years of a continuous trial. And it's so interesting because I can tell you folks, I did nothing wrong. And God is my witness. I did nothing wrong. Nothing. 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 <laughs> I'd like to be able to say, well, no. And I think this is the fun that my lawyer had with me. He says, the nicest thing about defending you is you always say the same thing. And I looked into his face. I said, because it's the truth. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't, you know, don't mow me down. Because the truth is always the same. But the trial didn't be, wasn't any easier. Do you understand what I mean? Like you say, well, why did God put me through this? I, I don't deserve to go through this. Uh, I'm not guilty about this. I didn't create this. Uh, this isn't mine. Well, I got news for you. God's trusting you. Yeah. What did it do to me? Took my sleep away at nights. During my trials and tribulation, my house was the cleanest. From about 12 o'clock midnight to about 5 o'clock in the morning, I cleaned my house. I washed all the clothes. I put everything. It was so clean. My house was immaculate because I couldn't sleep. Because the minute I put my head on the pillow, I thought of everything that was going to happen to me. I was going to go off to jail. They were going to put handcuffs on me. And you know how they put the people in the car and they push their head down? And I, I kept seeing that every single day. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, when they pushed me in that car and they push it. You say, well, if you weren't guilty, well, listen, people can talk to you in such a way that you feel you're guilty. I thought I was a criminal. And I'm going to tell you something. God's given me such compassion as a pastor. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. I listen to people now like I could have never listened to them before. Because you know, you know, you know the human nature. You play, you pay. You sin, you pay. You know, they, we, we have these uh, cute little, what do you call them, one-liners. But sometimes it's not that way. So when somebody says to me, sister, I'm being accused of something, sit down, let's talk about it. <laughs> hey, I've been there. The word of God gives us his comfort. And David was one that was so mistreated for things he didn't do. 
David was brought down like a like a, like an animal. Uh, listen, his best friends, uh, his priest friends, his prophet friends, uh, all lined up against him. His life was wanted by the king. His life was wanted by all the king's soldiers, uh, every nation. Uh, there was a ransom on his head. If any king would get him, they would give, uh, Saul would give them, make them rich beyond words. Isn't that interesting? And he wasn't guilty. Oh, he became guilty of other things, but in this particular case, no. But God's our comfort. God's our, you say, Sister Amy, you didn't sleep for, for how long? That doesn't make any difference. The difference is that he was there with me. I didn't have strength to sleep, but I had strength to work. I'd prefer sleeping, but that's okay. Whatever God wants to do, his comfort is there in trials, in tribulations. What's a tribulation? Anybody wants to know what a tribulation is? Oh my God. A tribulation is, is because it, trials are things that pertain to life. They're things that pertain to the situations in life. It has to do with poverty. It has to do with mental situations. It has to do with, with earthy things. Now, tribulations are those are the things that trip you up. I didn't, I didn't, no, it's not in the dictionary, so don't believe me. Uh, but they do. A tribulation is different. It's, it's, it's un fastidio. It's fastidious. A tribulation is, uh, put a word to it. That's what it is. And they like, they don't end. They don't end. It looks like when, when one is ended, the other one is like tailgating already. And, and it's ready to jump the, ra uh, the road, and you got it. But even through that, we've got his comfort. We've got his comfort. That's why, folks, this is what the word reveals. It reveals his care. It reveals his direction. It reveals his comfort. And it also reveals his hope. And what's the hope of the Christian? What's the hope of anybody here? And you don't have to be perfect to have hope. Are you hearing me? I think I shared that, and I'm going to do it again, and people don't like me for it, but I couldn't care less. There are things that are ours. There are things we do to hurt ourselves. If you smoke, you hurt yourself. You know that. Many, many years ago, I was so glad when the, uh, the, the Surgeon General put that sign on the pack of cigarettes and, and on the boards. I was so glad because then I could speak against smoking, but not because I was a fanatical Christian, but because the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and we should keep it clean and we should keep it safe. And what have we, you know, I live in a family that's gone down because of cigarettes. My sister died of lung cancer. Uh, my brother has lung cancer. We're asking God to give him many more years for he's coming to the Lord and it's beautiful. I got news for you people. It is, it is, we're talking about, we're talking about difficulties, but I want you to know this. A cigarette won't keep you from heaven, but it sure give you a little bit of hell on earth. So take your choice. We're talking about drinking also. What does the book of Psalms say about it? What does the book of Proverbs say about it? 
Who's the man with the red eyes? Who's the one mixing drinks? Who's the one with long nights in the parlors? Who's the one that can't do anything without drinking? Read it. It's in the word of God. It's there. Who is he? It's the man that drinks. And because he drinks, everything is out of control. The Bible says he can't see things right. It means it's out of control. And God knows the effects it has on personality. But I want to tell you something. These are things we've got to learn. But what saves a person and our hope is in Jesus Christ the Lord. So don't go condemning people for their sins. Tell them about Jesus. Don't tell them what they shouldn't do. Just tell them how they should believe. Don't knock them over because of their sins. Bring them the truth that God loves them. You know, I want to see a Christianity that doesn't tear people apart, that doesn't cut them apart, that doesn't... Uh, no, I want a Christianity that builds people up. Why? Because once Jesus gets in, he's the transformer. He is the powerhouse. He is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And he's the one that makes all things right. Nobody else. Just the Lord. Now, don't go talking around there and Sister Amy said you can smoke. Do that. Oh, I'll wring your necks. Oh, everywhere they say, she's so free. Oh, I like that church. If you like it, sit with me. I'll tell you what you like and you don't like. No, what I'm trying to establish is it's the word that gives you truth. And that's what you live by. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to give you a foundation through God's word. Hallelujah. Now, the hope, number one, you're never alone. I love that. Never alone. Never alone. You got to believe it. His hope through it all. Andre Crouch wrote that song when he, lo when he lost a beautiful uh, lover. Not lover, a beautiful sweetheart. And he loved us so much. And uh, I've known Andre personally, but there's a family in California that knew him extremely well, the Fernandeses. And both mother and dad and son have now gone on to be with the Lord. But one of the son was the lead bass singer in his first records. And they knew so well the story. They knew so well the story. It was a, it was a, it was a sad love story. A sad love story. Never got the girl he wanted. That's sad. But you know what? Even if you don't get the girl you wanted, the Lord you need will always be there. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that, I'm not going to ask you if you married the man of your dreams. I'm not going to ask you if you married the lady of your dreams. Because he's sitting there and she's sitting there. And you're liable not to put up your hand. And we've got problems for the next three months. And I don't have that much time to counsel. So uh, I'm leaving it there. But uh, this was where it came through it all. And you would say, I better, you know, in our Spanish churches, I love that. Ay, una sangana como esa. Listen, sangana, you know what that means? Oh, that stupidity, that nothing, that nothing. Well, I got news for you. The broken heart of a 19-year-old is not nothing. Matter of fact, the broken heart of a 13-year-old is not nothing. You remember your first love? Puppy love? I don't care what you call it. Puppy love, kitty love, whatever. Treat hearts with gentleness. Let them know that there is hope. And that somewhere, God's going to bring them exactly what they need. I told all my daughters that their husbands were coming in shining armor. 
I told them. Honey, they're coming. Ma, do you see them? I said, no, but I pray for them every day. And they came. I don't know how shiny the armor is, but they look very happy to me. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not complaining. God is a God of hope. Now, how did the saints of old, because we have Jesus, how did the saints of old get to know God? Many ways, but the three main ways was first through his voice. Guess who spoke to Adam and Eve? God. His spirit moved in the garden. And every evening, like postre, like dessert, he came and he spoke to them and they chatted. You're going to be surprised when you find out what that garden was like. I think one of the tours we're going to get in heaven is a tour of the Garden of Eden. See, everything there was and everything that happened. I'm not going to give you some of my ideas because you'll go out and say I preach false doctrine. But uh, I think the Garden was a fantastic place. I really mean that. And God's voice was heard in the Garden. Well, what about after the Garden? God's voice was still heard. It was not in that visitation every single day, but the voice of God was heard, and even heard in warning voice. What did God say to Cain? Sin is right here. It's right behind your ears. Be careful. It's ready to suck you in. It's ready to watch it. God speaking to Cain. He didn't listen. And he killed his brother. Then we have Enoch. God spoke to him. Can you imagine God speaking to you and then giving you plans for a big boat? That never rained. People never knew what a flood was. You say, you either have to come to the conclusion that God's crazy. Or that somebody's crazy. But you see, when you know God. And when you know his voice. And it's the same in the days of Enoch as today. My sheep know my voice, and they will follow no one else. Okay? And God said to Enoch, listen, I'm wiping out this place. Now, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Noah. Thank you, Joe. Noah. Well, Enoch had a good trip too, right? Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Him and God had a conversation, and he kept walking and ended up with God. So that, that was good, too. Okay? So when we disappear, folks, do not worry. We're gone. Okay? Cassie Sayer. All right, but now let's talk about Noah. And I even have Enoch here. Isn't that something? Noah. God told him to build a boat when nobody had boats. God told him it was gonna, he was going to flood the earth, and they never had a flood. Do you know what that is? That is believing against. It's, 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 it's something like what the scripture says about, about uh, oh, what's his name? Abraham. He believed hope against hope. Unbelievable. This is all in the Bible, folks. It's all in the Bible, just in the Bible. And what did, what did uh, he do? What did he do? 
What did Noah do? He built the boat. And what happened? The rains came. And what happens? They were saved. Okay. I want you to know that this is the word of God. This is the Bible. This is God's truth. And you people say, so many people say, listen, that was Jewish mythology. Well, listen, somewhere on Mount Adaret, they still have, they still have the remains of an ark. And it's interesting how nobody's been able to get there. I, lo I love what God does. He just puts a circle around whatever's his. Forget it. This is for the world to know. You're just going this far. When people say to me, well, there is no God if they can get to the moon. I say, no, 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 no. means God let them go into their playground to play. That's all it means. Listen, folks, this is what the word says. He built his ark and he was saved. Now, after that, how did God speak? Well, Abraham had a special way. God sent to Abraham what we call theophanies. Visitation of God in human form. Yes, human form. God had three, uh, God sent three visitors from heaven and in the visitors were almost positive Jesus was there. And these visitors would come and, and Abraham kind of recognized him. He says, hello, how are you? Can I make some food for you? And Sarah was behind the tent, you know, laughing it off because they came to tell Abraham the truth of what God would do. And God did it. Isn't that marvelous? I can go on forever this morning and I'm not going to. Abraham saw God in Melchizedek. After Abraham come the sons of Abraham. And we have Joseph the dreamer. I love that. So how does God speak? And God speaks, first of all, through his word, which is, that's the last on the list. First he spoke through his voice. Then he spoke through visitors from heaven. And then he spoke through dreams. And how did we know the dreams? Well, dreams are almost like prophecy. Every dream must conform to the word of God. If it's in the word of God, if it's, if it's the truth, bound within the truths of the word, a dream can be from God. Joseph's dreams were. Now, if it's God's, if it's God's, we don't do it. He does. This is about dreams. God told you to do something. Don't go out and do it. Wait until he opens the doors and makes a way for you to do it. That's where we, that's where we turn off God's plan. And some fail because they don't wait on God's time. How else did he speak? Not only through his voice and not only through theophanies, not only through visitors from heaven, but he spoke through the prophets. God anointed these men. And one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, Moses. And it was with Moses that God got down to duty, heavy duty. And it was to Moses that God said, write it down. And then God filled in from Genesis all the way up to Deuteronomy. And there's a psalm or two that we have from Moses. Okay, so God spoke to the prophets, anointed of God. God said to Moses, write it down. You know what else he told the prophets? Write it down. So from then on, God is saying, write it down. Hey, he's got secretaries. And, then, and, and in that comes the burst of Levites. And in that comes the burst of, uh, of scribes. What's a scribe? 
Well, God told the prophet to write it down, and the prophet called the scribe and said, write it down. And the greatest awakening in our century was the finding of those beautiful, beautiful scrolls of the Black Sea. It was God that said, write it down. And then when they were through writing, God said, now I'll hide them. And they hid them. And we found them now when the whole world was saying, it's mythology, it's garbage, it's not God, it's not truth. And out they come out of the rocks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God knew the generations to come. And with that, he inspires Gutenberg. And what is, who's Gutenberg? Sister Amy, he's not in the Bible. He's the inventor of the printing press. And then God gives a man like Martin Luther yeah. the vision and the dream, and he writes it down. And on that steam roller, it wasn't even a steam roller, it was a hand roller, out comes the first Bibles. And so we have the printing press, we had Martin Luther, and now our lives, oh folks, uh, for generations to come, you were saved through the hearing of the word. Uh, our children will be saved through the hearing of the word. Uh, our friends and our families will be saved through the hearing of the word. Uh, don't be a music Christian. Don't be a poetry Christian. Don't be a holiday Christian. Don't be an Easter Christian. Don't be a Christmas Christian. And don't be a gift Christian. I got this gift. I got that gift. The only Christians that are any good are word Christians. People on the word of God. Affirm your life. Affirm your truth. Oh, I've had people anoint me and give me so many gifts it wasn't even funny. If I had sat around and waited for them, I'd be buried. Because that's not the way it is. And there are people that are inspired and say a lot of things. You say, Sister Amy, you don't believe them? It's not a matter of not believing. It's a matter of knowing that God's great gift came from heaven and came right into our hearts. Hey, folks, come back to God through the power of the word. Come back to God through the truth of his word. Don't fall in love with us. In about, uh, about I don't know how long, but in, in a matter of days and before the next year, we will have a beautiful place over there and we'll walk in so proud. Rugs, new chairs, piano. Oh, we went from third class to first class. Isn't that something? Forget it. Get a hold of the word. Do you hear me? It doesn't matter where we are. They can put up a tent for me in the winter. It's the word of God. Get into the word. Love the word. Read the word. Hear the word. Some people say, history, it's a little difficult. Well, you know what? We just finished getting in a shipment of the easiest Bible in the world to read. Yes. Yeah. And they're all back there. And it only costs $5. It's a student Bible. You hear me? We're not going to give it to you. We don't give any Bibles. Sometimes in new beginnings, when we find out that a life is needing it, we do give it to them. If they got money, we, we sell it to them. Because it's not a giveaway. This is not a giveaway tent. And I tell you all of this simply because I want you to read the word. What do we pay for the Bible? We're selling you at five dollars. We pay five twenty-one. I think it's that is something like that. Five twenty-one. And you know what? It's sold in stores. Nine. Oh, I, the uh, living is fifteen, but the the student Bible is almost ten dollars. 
Sister Amy, what is this, an announcement? You change all the power that came in the word, and now you're selling Bibles? I'm not selling Bibles. I want you to have the word. If it's difficult, I want it to be made easy. I want the word of God to settle in your hearts. I want you to be people of the word. That when anybody comes here telling us this or that or the other thing, you can say, hey, brother, hold it. That's what the Berean church said. Hold it. We want to know if it's in the word. We want to know if the prophet said it. We want to know if it's anointed of God.